the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. John says in verse 4 that our relationship with God, that it brings fullness of joy into our life. He says, in these things we write to you that your joy may be full. God's desire is that we would experience the fullness of joy. And in case you haven't figured it out yet, there's nothing in this world that can bring you lasting joy. Many seek joy in the material things of this world. Maybe you're seeking fulfillment through your career, relationships, or material possessions. Although you can see and touch those blessings, they are fleeting. As the scriptures say, here today and gone tomorrow. Pastor Dan teaches in today's message that humanity was created for God. Your lasting joy and purpose can only be found through a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Only the Lord will satisfy your thirst for more. Seek Him as you listen today. And now, open your Bibles to the book of 1 John chapter 1 as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. Eternal life is in Jesus Christ. If you have the Son, you have eternal life. If you do not have the Son, you do not have eternal life. So do you have the Son? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you trusted Him for salvation? Now go back to chapter 1. Look at verse 3. He says, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that, here's why, you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. John tells us in verse 3 why he declares Jesus to us, why he wants us to know Jesus. He says that we may have fellowship with one another and that we may have fellowship with God. That's why. Fellowship, that's kind of a churchy word, isn't it? You don't hear the word fellowships used so much out in the world. You probably have never left the office on Friday night and a co-worker said to you, hey, you want to go have some fellowship uh, down at the bar with us? No, I don't think I do, kind of thing. It's not a word that the world uses, but it's a word that you hear a lot in church. Christians use that word. So so what does the word mean, fellowship? It's the Greek word koinonia. If you're a note taker, the word fellowship, it simply means to have in 
common. To have in common. And I want to show you an example of it in Acts chapter 2. So turn there with me, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And and this is right after the Holy Spirit is poured out on the church and 3,000 people are saved in one day in Jerusalem on Pentecost. And it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 44, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. That's that same word koine. And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. They, they, they had all things in common. They, they shared all things together. Uh, they shared their resources with each other. You know, their, their, their food, their housing, whatever they had, they shared it with one another. It says they even sold their possessions and goods and then divided the money among all those who had any need. That's when you know the Holy Spirit is really working in people's hearts when they start selling their stuff and sharing the money with other people, or when they start sharing their possessions with other people, and they start to see their possessions as things that they have in common with other believers. That's fellowship. That's what happens when fellowship is is taking place. You know, we have this, uh, this building that we've mentioned earlier, and we've got a lot of projects going on at the building But what you see happening at that building is you see fellowship in action. You see people sharing their resources. You see people uh, have people have brought toolboxes up there, just brought their tools and they've left them there. People have brought vacuums and ladders and and mops. Other people are bringing meals up during the day. So those that are there working have something to eat. While they're there, others are, are showing up to, to babysit some of the younger kids so that their parents can serve and, and volunteer while they're there. Others have, have uh, paid for some of the materials that we've had to purchase and just say, hey, we'll, we'll pay for that. We'll buy that for the church. And what's happening is, is we're all just sharing our resources together. And it's this, this wonderful thing to witness. And, and that's fellowship. That's what happens in fellowship. And what John says here, going back to 1 John, John says that, that we have fellowship with one another. We have this, uh, these things in common where we share the things that we have with one another. But more importantly, what I want you to see here in verse 3, it's really amazing what John says. We, he says we now, through Jesus Christ, now we have fellowship with God. Remember the word fellowship means to have in common. And he says, now through Jesus, we have fellowship. Now before we knew Jesus Christ as our Savior, before we had salvation, we had nothing in common with God. In fact, the Bible says that our, uh, we were separated from God by our sins. It says that we were alienated from Him. That's what the word that's used, that we were strangers The Bible tells us that God so loved the world that He left heaven, He became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for our sins to reconcile us back to God. And now, through Jesus Christ, now we have the forgiveness of our sins. We're reconciled to God. In Ephesians it says, Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to Him through the blood of Jesus Christ. And now, as John says, 
We have fellowship with God. We fellowship with God. That means we share all things in common with God. We share, get this, give me your attention. We share our resources with Him. And more importantly, He shares His resources with us. We're in fellowship together. What's mine is yours, what's yours is mine. It's fellowship. There's a, there's a commonality that we have now where we share our resources with God and God shares His resources with us. We, we have all things in common with God. We bring our resources. God brings His resources. What are our resources? None. We don't have any resources. What are God's resources? Everything. God brings everything to the table. In fact, listen to this verse in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Listen to what Paul says about God's resources. And my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We have fellowship together now with God, and we bring all of our resources, which is nothing. God brings all of His resources, all of His riches. And we can stand there, and we can take direction from God, and He can tell us what to do, and go do this, and go fetch that, and go here, and and we just obey Him. But He's the one doing all the work using His resources. Isn't that amazing that we have fellowship with God where now He's entering into a relationship where He says, hey, what I have is yours. And we can say, hey, what I have is yours. (laughs) It's kind of a lopsided deal, but you're willing to enter into it and so am I, kind of thing. That's the great thing about our relationship with Jesus Christ. And He says here, we've got fellowship now with God. And John says God has revealed himself to us through Jesus Christ so that we can have a relationship with him. He wants a relationship with us. He he wants fellowship with us. He wants to share his resources with us, his riches. He wants us to know him personally, so much so that he he died on the cross for us. That's That's how desperately he wanted that relationship with us, that he was willing to pay our debt and our penalty to just remove that barrier out of the way so that we could be reconciled, so we can have fellowship. And that, isn't that good news? Isn't that amazing to consider? And now he makes all of his resources available to us. John says in verse 4 that our relationship with God, that it brings fullness of joy into our life. He says, in these things we write to you that your joy may be full. God's desire is that we would experience the fullness of joy. And in case you haven't figured it out yet, there's nothing in this world that can bring you lasting joy. This this world will leave you empty and disappointed. You know, Sunday nights we're studying through the book of Ecclesiastes, and in Ecclesiastes we're told that Solomon sought pleasure in, in everything that the world has to offer. He sought pleasure in money and acquiring wealth. He became the richest man in the world. Uh, He sought pleasure and satisfaction in in materialism, material goods, and he he bought things and built things. And 
He sought satisfaction in relationships with women. He sought it in education and acquiring knowledge. He sought it in partying and drinking. After he, after he tried all of kind of the noble things to try. And those still left him empty. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. You name it, Solomon did it bigger and better than anyone. And everything that Solomon tried in this world left him empty and frustrated in his life. And that's because man was created for God. And man finds his joy and his purpose in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And nowhere else. In the book of Romans, it says that we were all created subject to vanity, subject to emptiness. All of us have, a, have a, an, an emptiness, a void in our lives, a thirst that nothing in this world can satisfy. Nothing this world has to offer can quench that thirst. It's only fulfilled by Jesus Christ. I want to show you an example of this in John chapter 4, if, you're, if you'll turn there with me. And this is the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. Uh, verse, Jesus is traveling with his disciples. It says in verse 3, he left Judea, departed again to Galilee. So he's, he's traveling north. And normally the Jews would go around Samaria because they didn't, didn't get along with the Samaritans. But verse 4 says Jesus needed to go through Samaria. He's got an appointment with this Samaritan woman. He wants to meet with her and reveal himself to her. You see, he, de- he desires to reveal himself to us. He wants us to know him. And so he, he goes out of his way, essentially, to meet with this woman. And so he came, verse 5, to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, he sat thus by the well. You see his humanity here. Right? He's tired. He's weary from his long journey. In First John, John is dealing with those who said that Jesus wasn't really a human being. He wasn't really a, a, a real person. But here we see that he's tired. It was about the sixth hour. It's the middle of the day. And it's the heat of the day. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Now that, that's a little flag for us in verse 7, that a woman of Samaria came to draw water. She's coming in the middle of the day. Women collected their water early in the morning before it was hot. And they usually would travel together. But here's this woman coming in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day, alone. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. 
And then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. There, there was this, uh, this racial tension that was there between the Samaritans and the Jews, and they, they, they didn't have anything to do with each other. So when he asks, a Jew asks a Samaritan woman for a drink of water, she says, what, why are you asking me for a drink of water? You're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. You don't have anything to do with us. What are you even doing here? And then the woman of Samaria said to him, verse 9, I read that one, verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. See, he, kn- he knows that her thirst is really a spiritual thirst. And she's trying to satisfy that longing of her soul in the physical, with physical things. The longing of her soul was a spiritual longing. And the, wo- and the woman doesn't understand what he's talking about when he says living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? <laughs> Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water, speaking of the well, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst But the water that I shall give him will become to him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, Well, sir, give me this water (laughs) that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. And watch what Jesus says in verse 16. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband to come here. And the woman answered and said, Well, I I have no husband. I'm not married. And he said, you've said, well, I have no husband. For you've had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. See, this is a woman who was looking for satisfaction, who was looking for fulfillment in relationships. If I could just meet the right guy, then I would be happy then I would have joy in my life. And she's been married five times. She thought it was this guy and it wasn't that guy. She got married a second time, thought it was that guy, it wasn't that guy. Married a third time, fourth time, fifth time. And now she's just living with a guy. But she's still unfulfilled. And, and you, you, could, you could replace this. You could take the relationship thing out of it and replace it with anything. You know, that maybe money. And if I just made this much money, then I'd be happy. Or if I had kids, then I'd be happy. If the kids moved out, then I'd be happy. <laughs> right? Isn't it funny? How we chase after things in this world that we think are going to satisfy us, and they don't ever satisfy us. They might bring us momentary happiness or joy, but that wears off. And we're unfulfilled. And that's because it's only Jesus Christ that can fulfill us. He's the one who's put that emptiness. He's the one who's put that longing and that void and that thirst in us. And it can't be satisfied by anything else. Not by a relationship or money or anything. Only by Him. 
She's, she's trying to find it in relationships. And those relationships have left her empty. So Jesus says to her, you've said, well, you've had five husbands. The one whom you're now with is not your husband. You're living with a guy now. And the woman said to him, verse 19, sir, I, I perceive that you're a prophet. And what does she do in verse 20? She changes the subject. Isn't that what we do? Jesus has touched a nerve here. He's getting too close for comfort, so she just changes the subject. And she starts talking about uh, you know, religious debates, things that people debate. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. He's just real straightforward with her. You're wrong. Salvation's of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And at that point in verse 27, the disciples come back and they marvel that he talked to this woman because she's a Samaritan. And they're alone in the middle of the day. This would be uh, unacceptable culturally. Why are you talking with her? Now look at verse 28. I love verse 28. The woman then left her water pot. That's why she came to the well, was to fetch water. She leaves the pot there at the well. She goes back into the city and said to the men. She's had a lot of relationships with men in that city. And she says to the men of the city, Come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they, who? The men, went out of the city and came to him. She goes into the city, and she's a woman who's had a lot of relationships with a lot of men in that city, and she says, come see a guy who has told me everything that I've ever done. And all those men said, everything you've ever done? And they want to go out and see this guy. How does he know? And so now the whole city comes out. But I want you to note here in verse 29, she has experienced true forgiveness. And the reason you know she has experienced true forgiveness is because she can so freely speak about her past sin. There's no shame. There's no guilt. There's no more trying to hide it. There's no more going out to the well in the heat of the day by yourself so you don't have to talk to anybody. I mean, she is going into the city and she is freely talking about her sin. That's real forgiveness. That's real forgiveness there. God has revealed Himself to this woman, and she has tasted and seen that the Lord is good. See, God, God wants to reveal Himself to us. And God knows that He is the only thing that can satisfy us. He's the only thing that can fill that emptiness. We are all created subject to vanity. And nothing in this world will satisfy us but Jesus Christ. 
And He wants you to experience the fullness of joy that comes through a relationship with Him. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan Sexton today to study the book of 1 John on Ring of Truth. This New Testament letter encourages its readers to grow in faith to set aside personal agendas and unite in a pursuit of God's plans. The author wants those who follow Christ to experience Him fully, as well as experience the beautiful gift of a church community. Having a body of believers around you to support and encourage you in your personal walk with Christ is important. You'll also find that a body of believers is somewhere you can be Jesus' hands and feet to others. Are you part of a church? If not, we want to encourage you to find one soon. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website, calvaryec.com. You can also give us a call for more information. Our phone number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're honored to be able to share God's Word with you through each edition of Ring of Truth. If you'd like to listen to additional teachings from this series, you'll find them at calvaryec.com. That's all for now. Join us next time for more on Ring of Truth. It's true.